0: Megan, good Good morning. morning. Today is February the 28th, the year of our Lord, 2024, and this is Daybreak Live with the Nesbitts. It's time to lift our hearts to Jesus. It's time to break some holy bread. Grab your coffee and your Bible. good morning brothers and sisters while you're finding us we'll sing a little shalom miss diane it's first one i see kathy second one True. <laughs> in my oh my gosh. <laughs> That's why when you poked at me, I was like, <laughs> I, was like I was like, sing with me, Josh, sing with Everybody me. Everybody was singing. And then it's like Josh couldn't figure out what the heck he was supposed to do. It was like, it's like sing the back. I mean, yeah, well, you know that sounds a little different when you're not full band, got the drums rocking and the bass rocking. Yeah, you know. we miss Michael. <laughs> yeah, Michael's gotta work. Hallelujah. Thank you for singing, family. Ain't God good this morning? Ain't oh good every morning? Well, God is good every morning, but sometimes you feel it more than others, right? Right? Yes. That is true. It is coming a downpour here, guys. I mean, is- it has opened up, huh? I said even the flooded. Yeah, driveway is flooding. It's washing my driveway away. We live up on a hill here in Defeated Creek. Woo! It is good to be here. God is good. We are going to jump right in the Scriptures. Thank you guys for being here, all of you. Thank you for being here, whether you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, in whichever place on Facebook. It broadcasts different places on Facebook. So whichever one you're watching from, thank you for being here. It's good to study the Word of God together. I thought this morning we might do something. We had a question come in at the end yesterday. So today, I did put Days of Lot, part one. I thought we would read a little. And I thought I would go ahead and try to answer the question that came in yesterday. And and you guys, and Lisa will be on there in just a moment, and you guys can put in some questions, and maybe this could be a QA and a as we're moving from Days of Noah to Days of Lot. Uh, but... Let's, let me get over here and let's kind of dive in. I want to do a little reading before I try to answer the question, and there's a, why, there's a reason for this. There's a why. <laughs> there's a reason. Okay, first I'm going to put this scripture up from Luke 17. We have been looking at the Lord Jesus, the Lord Yeshua, HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. And we have spent over a week looking at the days of Noah and considering the supernatural evil because it seems to suggest, the Lord seems to suggest, the supernatural evil back then is going to be a supernatural evil that you're going to account encounter again right before I return. And that's why we've been looking at it and what's going on and, we, and we, we, we've been talking about this then he said also he says likewise as it was also in the days of lot they ate they drank they bought they sold they planted they built but on the day that lot went out of sodom it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all so we have talked about how after the days of noah we're going to look at the days of lot because so many accounts have them together. And that is very interesting. And and if you remember, we've noticed that even when we're looking at Jude and we talk about the angels that sinned, it also says, likewise as Sodom and Gomorrah. And, And so it talks about these cities are an example in Jude, not just the gospels is the reason I'm saying this. So Jesus says this in the gospels. But then it's also, you know, so Mark, Luke, Matthew, they all record him saying, just like in the days of Lot also it's going to be. But when we look at Jude and we look at Peter and the letters that they wrote, uh, we realize that he connects the sins, he connects the sinfulness and the uh, the ungodliness to both the days of Noah and the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. So, let's look at a few scriptures then, going back to Genesis. Now, most of you know the scriptures. Between now and tomorrow, I would say it would be a good thing for you to read Genesis chapter 18 and Genesis chapter 19, and let me just add lib a little bit. So, Genesis chapter 18 begins with, basically, Abram is sitting under a tree in, in, in Mamre and um, and he turns around and he sees three men. Now, when he sees these three men, he goes and he bows himself to the ground in front of them. You'll find that in uh, Genesis 18, one, one and two, somewhere in there. He bows himself to the ground and he says, basically, Abram realizes who this is. And the the scripture that we've been reading from uh, Hebrews chapter thirteen be careful to entertain strangers actually comes from the life of Abram. This is the example that Abram puts forth when the strangers walk up. He just recognizes. not only does he bless strangers normally these strangers, somehow he recognizes that this is the Lord and we're not told how he recognized that, but he just goes and bows and says, Lords come into my tent, you know, stop a while, you know, wash your feet. Let me get my wife to fit you a meal, okay? So it's a very godly thing, you know, to entertain strangers. And because Abram did that and he entertained God himself. Now, there's three men mentioned there in chapter 18. Now, as they stay with Abram and then the Lord promises Abram in this that he's going to have a child. He kind of confirms his covenant with Abram. Uh, Then he begins to leave. The men begin to leave. And it appears that two of them left. One of them stayed back. And the, the assumption would be that it was the Lord and two angels. And the Lord stays and talks with Abram while the two angels leave. And remember that the Bible says three men. And then it calls them the Lord. And they leave. But Abram talks with the Lord there. And God says something specific to Abram. He says shall we hide, so this is part of his divine counsel, whoever these angels are, shall we hide from Abram the thing that we're about to do? Seeing that I know Abram, and he is going to command his household in the ways of the Lord. And then I'll go ahead and put this scripture up, and you got to read between the lines, but there in 1820, the Lord said, because the outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grave the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was not just normal it was very grievous it was very grave and he says there's this outcry coming to me and we've come down to see it's a if it's as bad as we're hearing and basically this is a way in scriptures of saying God has come down to bring judgment. It's like a final judgment. God is like, we're going to walk through the streets and see just how bad it is. He comes down to verify that it is as bad as he has heard. So it's kind of strange, a liturgy there, but it's God just coming down to see, you know, and that's a powerful, powerful thing. So let me take that off. So then you get to uh, Genesis chapter 19, and I want to put this on the board, and this is going to go with the question I was asked. So I want to look at just a few things from 19, then tomorrow we'll get more into the story. It says here, in chapter 19, verse 1, it says, Now the two angels, why does it say the two? In 18, there was three, the Lord stood back. Now, the famous... You've, I'm sure you've heard this preached many, many times, but this is a uh, the the last part of chapter 18 is this famous begging of Abram of God and saying, but God surely, surely, Lord, you're righteous, you're holy. Surely you won't destroy wicked uh, with the uh, the just with the wicked. Surely you won't, Lord. And he begins to beseech him why is Abram doing this because he knows he's got a nephew down there and his nephew has family. he's got family down there and he cares about him and this famous thing was you know Abram's like, what if you find what if there's fifty righteous people and and God says, Abram, if I can find fifty righteous people I won't destroy it. and and then Abram's like uh, okay well what if it's lacking of five and this and, and, and God says, Okay, Abram, if I can find 45 righteous people, I won't destroy it. And he gets all the way down, and this is famous, and surely everybody, everybody that's on daybreak and that's listening to daybreak knows this. But he gets all the way down to 10, and you can read that in chapter 18. It says, and God says, if I can find 10 righteous, I will not destroy all of them for the 10 righteous sake. Now that's important as we look at the days of Lot, because Jesus says it's going to be like that. So when we get to chapter 19, then he says, two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. I've shared with you before, sitting in the gate means he'd become one of the judges there of the city. He had a high standing in the city. Uh, When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them, and bowed himself with his face toward the ground. Lot noticed these men, these angels, excuse me, the text says angels here, and I'm going to draw this out. The text says angels, and Lot notices when these men walk up, these are not just normal people, something within Lot says this. Now, we know from Scripture that Lot was a righteous man. That's what the Bible tells us. And so because he's a righteous man, he realized that he was encountering something here. And here's what he says to these two angels. He says, listen, guys, (laughs) here now, my lords, please turn in to your servant's house and spend the night, okay, and wash your feet that you may rise early and go on your way. So he's like, come into my house. Here's the thing that you see right off the bat. A lot is saying to these special people, you don't need to be here. You don't need to stay here. Guys, you've come to this city. Come into my house, please. Come in and wash your feet, sleep, and early in the morning, get up and leave. Get out of here, right? But they answered, and they said, no, but we will spend the night in the open square. We're not coming into your house. We're just going to stay on the streets. Basically, it's like, no, that's way too dangerous. Now, I want to jump a little here because we need to, because I want to get to this question and try to answer a little of it. Now, verse 4, I'm jumping. Now, before they lay down, uh, basically, Lot presses them, and they're like, okay, we will come in. And... They come into Lot's house, and verse 4 says, Now before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter, surrounded the house. And here's what they said, verse 5. And they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them carnally. Okay? that we may know them carnally. Some of your translations, I don't know what you're reading, but some of your translations may say that we may have sex with them. This is what they are saying. But today I want to draw your attention, for for the remainder of this service, on a service, this daybreak, I want to draw your attention to the fact that the Bible says, your Bible says, in verse 1 of chapter 19, the angels came to the city. And then in verse 4 and 5, we realize that the angels appeared as men. This goes right along with what we talked about, that the New Testament Scripture says, Enter- be careful to entertain strangers. Sometimes you entertain angels unaware. And I've said that the Bible is saying to us that angels walk among us. Now, why I wanted to draw this out is because we were I was asked a question yesterday. I'm going to jump back, I'm going to jump over here now to, and Mama, I want you to be looking for other questions. I'm going to jump over to the questions, and I want to say, here's the, here's the question that came in yesterday. Oh, let me get that off the screen, I'm sorry. Get that off the screen, go over to chat, just in case somebody says. Here's the question came in from Brother Bernie Morris. Are demons fallen angels? Are demons fallen angels? And so for the rest of daybreak, I want to uh, talk about this and any other question you might have. And let me start by saying this. Holy Scripture does not explain to us exactly what demons are and where they come from. When we open up the Bible and we read, even the New Testament, as you open up the books of the apostles, as you open up the gospel and you start reading the gospels, immediately demons, evil spirits, unclean spirits are just throughout the Bible. They're in the gospels, they're in the book of Acts. We're told about them. Matter of fact, in Mark chapter 16, during the Great Commission, it says this. Preach the gospel to every creature. Mark 16, 16. Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Mark 16, verse 17 says, These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall cast out demons. Casting out demons is an authority given to every baptized believer according to Holy Scripture. Demons, unclean spirits, evil spirits, impure spirits are all synonymous throughout the scriptures. But the Bible just comes on the scene and when you read them, they're just there. We're not told where they come from, how they got here. We're not told. That's why some people say, you can look up, you can Google, what are demons? And if you Google that, you'll find some will say, demons are fallen angels. Well, they might be. I'm not saying they are not, okay? But I want you to know this. We are not ever specifically told in Scripture where unclean spirits come from. We are simply told that they are present. Now, I have to ask myself a question. Why are we not specifically told? Well, evidently, God in His sovereignty doesn't think we need to know. He just tells us to cast out spirits, evil spirits. Now, I can say this. We are told by Holy Scripture that angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those that shall be heirs of salvation. That being said, I have a, a couple of problems. I have one major problem with the understanding that fallen angels are demons or unclean spirits. Now, here is number one. And let me go back to captions. I want to show you this scripture in your Bible. Jesus says something here. He says, "...when the unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came." When he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Now, everybody understands this. Jesus is saying, when the unclean spirit is cast out of a person, that spirit is looking for another host. Everybody understands that. So here is my only question, Mark, and why I lean towards... And let me say this again. Holy Scripture does not tell us for sure. I do not lean towards... That, that the angels are the demons and the unclean spirit. Now, he, And I'm telling you why. One, because of the things we've been studying for the last while. Number two, because in the scriptures we read today, we see very clearly that angels appeared as men. Now, I have a problem with an unclean spirit. If it's an angel, why is it taking housing in a person and why when it leaves a person does it seek to take refuge in a human body why is it desiring a human body and we know from scripture because of legion that they even if they can't dwell in a human body then they'll ask to go into an animal the uh, unclean spirits asked Jesus if they could go into the pigs Remember that? And Jesus lets them go into the pigs. So if there's not a human person they can dwell in, then they will go into an animal, but they they want to dwell in a host. They're looking for a place to rest and to find refuge. So an unclean spirit is looking for a place to find refuge. An angel, as we see by scripture, And as we were told, this is why woman, remember we we looked where Paul says, be careful because of the angels, women, be careful because of the angels. This is one of the reasons we said, well, angels walk among us. So it seems strange to me that if an angel has the power to appear as a person, appear as a man, so, so to speak, or if we're correct in the sons of God, came and took bodies of men and laid with women, if that is correct, which seems to be the angels fell and came into the women, then it seems strange to me that they would be the unclean spirits that are looking for a host. They could simply create a body. Does that make sense? All right. Number so again I'm saying the Bible doesn't tell us exactly where they come from. Now there's three opinions there's like three or four opinions when you study scholars on this, everywhere. Uh, so it's fallen, fallen angels. Okay. Well, we know this that I brought out yesterday. They cannot be the angels that sinned in the days of Noah because Peter tells us through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit they've already been locked up in hell. They've already been locked up. They're not roaming the earth. Those angels that fell, God is reserved in flaming fire, in chains of darkness. They're not roaming the earth, so it's definitely not those fallen angels. Those angels that fell by going into the daughters of the men. Daughters of men. If okay now, so somebody like Derek Prince says, well, we don't know where they come from, but we just know their per- their spirits are persons without bodies, and the Bible doesn't tell us where they come from. Maybe from some other creation, you know. We don't know. So nobody really knows. Okay. But I lean towards, there is one more explanation that the children that were born to these fallen angels and human women, that the children that were born to them is what become, became unclean spirits. Now, I want to submit to you that it, that is a belief that was already on the earth in the days of Jesus. In the days of the New Testament, it was a common understanding among those who believed in the supernatural they believed that they were from the children of the giants the fallen ones from the angels that sinned and cohabitated with women now why did they believe it now i'm telling you this doesn't come from holy scripture but in the Jewish society, there is a book that had been around from 300 years before the days of Jesus. And it was understood in their days, and many Jews believed that, and that's why many of the early Christians believed that. We know that many of the early Christians believed that, and we know that many of the Jews of that day believed. And they, they got this from a book called the Book of Enoch. Now, the Book of Enoch is not Holy Scripture. But it is a book that contained kind of a history of things that happened for the Jews or were thought to contain history. So I thought about reading to you from it. Diane says, so does Satan have the ability to create his own minions? We're not told that he has the any creative authority. But we we are, we do understand that he can persuade. He can persuade. Uh, but creation is something only God can do. Creation is something only God can do. So let me read a little to you. I'm going to read a little to you. Now, here's, here's why I'm reading this. Remember, I'm not, this is not Scripture, and I'm not saying it's Scripture. But just like I asked Lisa, I said, honey, you know, when you teach the kids, do you have uh, world history books? She says, yes, I have world history books. Well, when we read a world history book, we don't believe that's Bible. And we would say probably some of the facts are wrong and they're askewed, but there's general ideas of the belief. The book of First Enoch, and now I only say First Enoch, not Second and Third, but the per- book of First Enoch we know was within Jewish culture. And when you begin to read this, and if you wanted to get it, this is the one I would suggest you would get: the Jewish book of First Enoch, and you learn a whole lot about it there. And if you ever want to get it, but don't see it as scripture by no means but as, as a book that helps you understand the thought process of the people in that day. The mindset. The mindset cultural of people. Context. Huh? Cultural context. The cultural context of what people believed. I'm hoping I'm saying this right. They're, they're telling me. Okay. So, for instance, when I opened to chapter 6, I, this is going to be a long one today. And it came to pass, after the children of men had increased... In those days, beautiful, comely daughters were born to them. And the angels, the sons of heavens, saw and lusted after them and said one to another, Behold, we will choose for ourselves wives from among the children of men. Where have you heard that before? Now, we read what we've read for the last over a week out of Scripture, Holy Scripture. This is just a book, okay? But notice what this book is saying. And then it names them. And they swear with an oath, here's what we're going to do. And it tells there's a couple of hundred of them in the beginning that choose to do this. They bind themselves with a curse and they descend upon Mount Hermon. And they decide that they're going to do this and take daughters of men and have children with them. Now I'm going to jump over to chapter 15. Somebody says, you're not reading from the Bible. I'm not reading from the Bible. I'm giving you cultural context of what is. I am convinced that the New Testament writers knew the book of Enoch. Why am I convinced? Because they've quoted from it <laughs> a little bit. They quote from it just a little. So I'm not saying that they believed the book was inspired, but they did through the Holy Spirit bring some things out of this and put it into our Holy Scripture. And so definitely parts of this book are correct, uh, even though we couldn't say all of them are. Now in verse 15, God is speaking to those fallen angels, and he says to them, You were formerly spiritual, living an eternal life without death to all generations of the world. Therefore I have not made for you any wives, for spiritual beings have their home in heaven. And now the giants... Because earlier in the book it says giants were born to them. Well, we read that also from Genesis, did we not? Men of renown. Men of renown. Now, verse 8, chapter 15 of the book of First Enoch. And now the giants who have been begotten from body and flesh will be called evil spirits on the earth. And their dwelling places will be on the earth. Evil spirits proceed from their bodies because they are created from above their beginning and first basis being from the holy watchers, they will be evil spirits on the earth and will be called evil spirits. I'll cut off there. Just to read a little about that. And here's what I'm saying. What this book basically says, whether it's true or not, and I wouldn't definitively say that it's true, but I'm saying this is some of the reasons I lean that way. Because, number one... This book says when they when they die, because they were cut from the holy watchers and and the daughters of men, therefore God says when, when they die and their bodies decay, their spirits will roam the earth and they will be evil spirits upon the earth. And they will be called evil spirits upon the earth. So for that, okay, so that's just a book. That's just what it says. Then I've got to ask for a question. Why does unclean spirits, why do unclean spirits want to find a body to host. So they're spirits without bodies upon the earth. Everybody agrees to that. All scholar opinions as demons are spirits without bodies. But we see from scriptures that they want to be in a body. They want to have a host and their primary desire is to host a person. Mary Magdalene had seven demons that came out of her. Legion simply says, my name is Legion, for we are many. Thousands of spirits were in Legion. Why do they want a body? And so I lean towards that they are from the Nephilim. And when the bodies die, they roam, they, they roam the earth. They are awaiting judgment day. This is why the unclean spirits say unto Jesus, have you come to torment us before the time? all right so i know i've went way over but i know surely that's interesting to you so let me end by saying this again we don't know for definitive sure where unclean spirits evil spirits and demonic spirits come from and so everybody guesses i'm telling you why i guess and lean towards this another reason uh that i say that is because the new testament writers just write and they just name unclean spirits. And it's like they felt no need to explain to us anything about them. Which makes me think the culture they were riding to, they had a worldview already of where they had come from. That being said, all that we need to know is we don't need to give heed to seducing spirits or doctrines of demons. We need to keep doors closed in our life and not let them enter. Can I get an amen there? And we are to cast out demons and get them out of our life and get them out of other brothers and sisters' lives in the name of Jesus. All right, we'll take up tomorrow. God bless you guys. And uh let's say the Lord's prayer. And, and let me say, let me just say this before we pray. Be sure when you stand, pray, and forgive if you have ought against anybody. Amen. If there is one thing that I have learned that gives any demonic principality any anything a stronghold in my life, it's unforgiveness. It's a root of bitterness. And so be sure that you forgive. Okay? As we pray together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen have a wonderful day bye guys be blessed see you tomorrow